Welcome into A to Z Sports Primetime from the Zen Sports Studios. I'm your host, Buck Rising, and I'm proud, as always, to be presented to you by the great people at the law offices of Amanda J. Gentry. Wherever justice demands, Amanda J. and her team, they've got you covered. They've got your constitutional rights protected at AmandaJGentry.com. Zen Sports, download the app, plug in the promo code ATOZTN, and get up to $1,000 on your No Danger First wager in the Zen Sports app. True Math Fitness in the Gulch, where you go to get the best workout in Middle Tennessee, a new way to work out for the best version of you. Go to TrueMathFitness.com for your first workout free. ESPN puts out the top 50 free agent list every year, and there are a bunch of interesting names at positions that the Titans obviously have to explore. We know what the top priorities on the roster are. We know that the offensive line is the thing that, again, for the fifth straight year, is the thing that needs the most fixing. We know that the Titans have the slowest wide receiver core in football last year. They could do with an uh, infusion of speed and talent. We know that the defensive backs are something that the Titans are going to need to piece back together, and they've got a couple of pending free agents there. Don't know if you want any of those guys back, but we'll talk about that in the second segment today. So as you look at the top 50 free agents, um, there are some interesting names. There are some quarterbacks. There are some running backs. There are some defensive ends. And Derrick Henry is, of course, one of the top 50 free agents. I don't know how many of you have looked at this list. I don't know if you would be surprised where Derrick Henry is ranked. But I do know the question that I want to ask you first and foremost to start this evening is this in the comment section. Who is the Titans or who should be the Titans' top free agent this offseason? Who should the Titans' top free agent target be this offseason? We'll talk about it together. On Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and on Twitch, it's your Two Rivers Ford take. Uh, we'll uh, I'll give you the top five who are on the ESPN Top 50 here in just a second. But who is the Titans' top free agent target? Or who should be the Titans' top free agent target this offseason? Um, a lot of you guys are saying T. Higgins. Legereus Sneed, the corner, is a name that is going to get some love here. Uh, for George Dexter, he says wide receiver Higgins or, uh, Mike Evans, who is also a pending free agent this year. Calvin Ridley for Corey D Jackson Evans says Dan Bidwell T Higgins will get tagged along with Michael Pittman. Marquez Brown is a more realistic option and the right tackle from the Patriots. That's what Jerron Lockridge has to say on YouTube. So it's a pretty interesting list of players. Um, to kind of go through. And I think that speaking to all of this, the thing that you first and foremost have to remember is, all right, who the new head coach is and how this is going to inform it. The top five players on this list are the defensive tackle, Chris Jones from the Chiefs, Jags, Josh Allen, not Bill's Josh Allen, Kirk Cousins, Justin Matabike from Burt's Baltimore Ravens, and the DT from Miami, Christian Wilkins, the former Clemson player, a former first-round pick himself. A lot of defensive linemen on this list, a lot of corners on this list, well, a lot of defensive backs on this list primarily. But there, uh, And there are two names, two pending free agents, who are on the Titans. And I bet you would be surprised who the second name on that list is. But who should be the Titans' top free agent target 
this offseason. Can you show the list as a graphic, says Anthony M. We could if we were more prepared, Anthony, but we did not put together that graphic for you, so we cannot. You can look it up on ESPN.com. Actually, I don't know if you can all look it up on ESPN.com because I'm pretty sure this is something that is behind a paywall. Yes, this is an ESPN Plus product, so I don't know how many of you will be able to see the top 50. So, again, if we were prepared, we could have put that graphic up for you. We are not prepared, so we cannot do that. On this list, though, is a lot of different uh, a lot of different positions of need. So I think that we can I think that we can pick out a couple. I'll give you a couple of names, and we'll see where you guys land on this. Right after I remind you that your Two Rivers Ford take is made possible by Two Rivers Ford, quality American-made Ford vehicles, and award-winning customer service. Two Rivers Ford in Mount Juliet, or online at tworiversford.com. Sneed says Eric Alonzo Boyd would be way cheaper than Higgins, says Antoine Bullet. Uh, Want to sign Murphy Bunting back, says George Dexter. Well, we'll get to that when we get to the second topic. So let's let's. So I've given you the top five, the top ten: Brian Burns, the edge player from Carolina; T. Higgins, Daniil Hunter, Jalen Johnson, a corner from the Chicago Bears, and safety Antoine Winfield, who currently is on. The Titans roster outside looking in of the top 10, Legereus Sneed, Mike Evans, Baker Mayfield, Robert Hunt, the first offensive lineman on this list is at 14 of the Miami Dolphins. And then the top 15 rounded out by Chase Young, who was, of course, traded to the Niners this year at the deadline. There's a lot of wide receivers. There's a few offensive linemen and none that you should want anything to do with. There's a couple of wide receivers that I think make sense, given the needs, the needs here and Derrick Henry is the 37th ranked player on the ESPN top 50 free agents. I think that probably makes sense, given that he's 30, given that he's a running back, given that he makes the most sense or that the team that he makes makes the most sense on is still Tennessee, even though they're going through a philosophical change. Now, I think ESPN just got lazy because the only two Titans player on, players on this list are, like, are ranked 37th and 38th. If Derrick Henry is the 37th best free agent on the market this offseason, who do you think is 38th from the Tennessee Titans? If they're going 37-38, who, which name do you think is the 38th player if you guys have not seen this list? I bet you might be surprised who ESPN says should be the most or the second most viable Titans free agent target. Um, SMB says Dylan Cole. Eric Alonzo says Autry. Agent Zero, who I assume um, is SMB, given that is the number that he wore this year. Jaron uh, Jaron says Tannehill. No, it's SMB, which I was surprised by. Tannehill's not on this list. Autry's not on this list. Um, there are a handful of quarterbacks. There's not a ton of quarterbacks. Kirk Cousins, as I mentioned, is the top quarterback name on this free agent list. You have to scroll down. Let me see how far you have to scroll down before you hit another QB. Um, I think is Kirk Cousins the only quarterback name on this list? That is rather surprising. Uh, they've got them categorized here. Yeah, quarterback. I think Kirk Cousins is the only name, the only quarterback on this list this year. That's oh Baker. Baker is on. Uh, Baker is on the list. Um, but yeah, it's just Kirk and Baker. That's pretty crazy. Out of fifty free agents, those are the two. Uh, the only two quarterbacks that made the list here. So who should be the Titans' top free agent target? 
this year. Uh, I don't know necessarily that it has to be on the top 50, though, for the for the purposes of this exercise. We'll make it about the top 50. Guys like Tony Pollard, Clowney is here, Devin White, Connor Williams, the center. Um, I would prefer they stay away from the offensive linemen in the top 50. I don't think that there's any worth paying there. And we'll talk about retaining their own guys here in just a second. The player that makes the most sense for me out of all these dudes is Calvin Ridley. T. Higgins, as a wide receiver, is going to be the name that the most people want, right? You're not going to get T. Higgins. He's going to get tagged. They're going to tag him to work out a long-term deal. I think that Mike Evans, as a 30-year-old player, is very intriguing. Uh, he did not have a good postseason, but he again had a 1,000-yard uh, receiver season. I just, I don't need, I don't know that you need to invest in Mike Evans. Traylon Burks is not anybody to not invest in Mike Evans for, but DeAndre Hopkins is. You've already got Hopkins, the veteran wide receiver, who's 32 or who will be 32 on this contract. Traylon Burks is going into year three. Uh, you have Kyle Phillips. Do you want to pour a ton of wide receiver resources or a ton of resources into wide receiver given the way that the wide receiver situation looks like? I would argue that Calvin Ridley is the better buy for your money here. He's going to be 29. He's he's a little younger. He's not much younger than Mike Evans, but he runs all the routes on the route tree. He's very sudden. He showed this year again that he can create second level separation and he can push you vertically. Um, 17 receptions of 20 or more yards this season, which is huge. You don't have a, a threat like that. Traylon Burks was supposed to be that. He hasn't been. Uh, he gets uh, what ESPN writes is he gets out of his breaks with speed. Overall, Ridley caught 76 passes for 1,016 yards and eight touchdowns this season. You would take that and run with it. Now, how much is that going to cost on the open market this year? That is the question that I think uh, you should be asking yourself. And how much less would that be than, for example, Mike Evans, who is in a similar situation, who has similar statistics? Uh, Evans did catch uh, over 1,200 yards this year, 13 touchdowns, tied for first in the NFL, and he is going to be 31, so he's two years older than Calvin Ridley. I don't know that you need another wide receiver north of 30 that you're going to be paying more than $10 million a year. I think that Calvin Ridley is probably a more cost-effective player, though he has earned himself some money and will not be super cost-effective. Ultimately, I think the level of wide receiver that you're talking about, if Mark, if Marquise Brown, if Hollywood Brown could be had for a reasonable sum, I like the idea of that kind of a player in the offense. You don't have one. You've never had one as long as I've been here. You've, ne you've never had a player with that kind of speed, that kind of vertical threat to push uh, defenses down the field, to uh, shift the safeties and create opportunities underneath Hollywood Brown is a, a viable option. I also think that somebody like Tyler Boyd is more bang for your buck. He's a reliable player. He's not T Higgins, but he's not going to come with the price tag of T Higgins corner. There, Legereus Sneed is, is interesting, but you're listen, you've got the top, you've got money to pay top dollar and Legereus Sneed is going to command top dollar. I would be surprised to see him not end up back in Kansas city though, given the, uh, given that they typically reward their players, Hollywood isn't consistent enough, says MB. Yeah, but you're gonna have to you're gonna have to do some value shopping elsewhere, right? Like the value is gonna have to come elsewhere. So if you're taking uh, if you're taking a few less 
or if you're if you're shopping with a few less dollars at wide receiver and Hollywood fits that fits that budget, then you have to be willing to live with a little less consistency. You don't have you're not going to be able to pay top dollar at all these different positions. I think the corner is the the position that I would be that I would be most comfortable with them spending their money on. Um, I would prefer them draft wide receiver and draft offensive line. I certainly don't want them spending on any of the names in the top 50 free agent list in the offensive line. Burks is a ghost, LOL, says Justin Rubini. Yes, I agree, but he's a ghost who's still under contract here. Um, and a first round pick, you have to you have to be able to salvage him for something. And if you can't, then you move on. Uh, can they afford to keep both Chris Jones and Legereus Sneed? Yes, they can. Yes, they can. They've already they've already survived the tough times in their contract. And the beauty of the Mahomes deal is that Mahomes gave them a decade to be able to be flexible with his money as they continue to pay players on the roster that they want to keep. Right, a ten year, half a billion dollar deal sounds like a great uh, a a bad deal for a team, right? But not when you realize that ten years gives the team the kind of flexibility the kind of salary cap flexibility that they will need in any one given year to maneuver about and to continue to retain uh top players alongside Mahomes now I think you know they they've already kind of survived that by moving the Tyreek Hill contract by getting out from under that by being cost effective um with wide receivers and tight ends Travis Kelsey is probably going to retire at the end of this year so they'll have that kind of money off their books, their offensive line is not very expensive. Um, their defense has been the more expensive unit, but again, they found ways to make that work. Now, some of those contracts, the defense is young. Um, so the defense is something that is going to become less cost-effective in the coming years. But I think that uh, go young at wide receiver, go young at offensive lineman, pay the top corners if you can. I'm not opposed, and we'll talk about this, to them bringing back um, one of their two uh, pending corner free agents. And we'll talk about that together right after I remind you that the primetime show is presented by Zen Sports. Download the app, plug in the promo code ATOZTN, and get up to $1,000 on your no danger first wager. Zensports.com will get you in on all the action. Terms and conditions do apply. Gambling problem called the Tennessee Red Line 1 800 889 9789. William Scott Easton says, and they are still winning Super Bowls. Yeah, as long as you've got Patrick Mahomes on your roster, you have the chance to win a Super Bowl. It's how you make all the parts and pieces work around them. Um, David Brown says, the difference between Mahomes' contract and Burrow's contract, question mark. Casey can sign Higgins. The Bengals will struggle to sign both Chase and Higgins. Yes, Um, Kansas City has given themselves the flexibility to do this. Burrow's contract, I'm trying to remember the length. Let me look Joe Burrow up on Spotrack uh, really quickly because I will have a better idea of how the cap hits are spread out uh, over the course of the next couple of years. And, of course, the, of course, the length there matters. Yeah, his is only a five-year deal, um, right? And they have void years built into the contract because they've already had to move money around on Joe Burrow. Uh, they exercised the fifth year option on him. And then they gave him a five year, $275 million contract extension. So right now his deal runs through 2029, uh, when he will be 33 years old, he has a potential out, uh, or they have a potential out in 2028. Uh, the way that the cap hits are structured, he has cap hits moving forward of, uh, in this coming year, 29.7, 
Next year, though, 46.2, 46.2, 52.2. Uh, and then the dead money becomes a little more tenable. And if you need to get out from Joe Burrow's contract, you can do so in 2028. But those those cap hit numbers, they're pretty inflexible um, moving forward along with the dead cap money of 105.2, 49 flat, and then 28. So the dead money drops pretty substantially, gives themselves some flexibility to work around it. Joe Burrow's pretty old. Um, this is how Levis is going to be, right? Joe Burrow is already 28 years old. Joe Burrow is older than Lamar Jackson. He's the same age as Patrick Mahomes, and both of those guys have been in the league for far longer. So Levis is going to go through this. Levis was an older rookie coming in, right? He was 24. Burrow uh, and he have been kind of on, on the same uh, trajectory from when they came out of prospects or as prospects in college. But uh, this is this is something that's going to be worth paying attention to because the Bills are already kind of up against this. The Bills have done a deal with Josh Allen, but they've already borrowed from that contract. They can't, they can't fix their salary cap this year by using Josh Allen's contract. Uh, at least in 2024, it's going to be a pretty big hurdle for them to have to overcome. Now to in-house Titans free agents. Which Titans, which pending Titans free agent? So Danico Autry, Ryan Tannehill, Derrick Henry, SMB, Aziz Alshair. Which one of these pending free agents would you most want the Titans to retain? We will talk about it together right after I remind you that the Primetime Show is made possible by the law offices of Amanda J. Gentry. Wherever justice demands, Amanda J. and her team, they have you covered. Go to AmandaJGentry.com for more information about how you can have your constitutional rights protected, how she will fight for you wherever justice demands at AmandaJGentry.com. So which pending Titans free agent would you most want the team to keep? There's a lot of this that I think is going to immediately default to Derrick Henry. Uh, I see a lot of answers for Autry here. Aziz and Autry says Zeph Smith, uh, SMB and Aziz says Eric Alonzo. Albert wants Autry back. Larry Arnold says Autry. Corey D. Jackson says Autry. Not a lot of love for Henry. I'm pretty surprised by that. I guess I shouldn't be. I, I don't think. I agree with you that Autry would be the priority over Derrick Henry, but you know, you guys love Derrick Henry and I'm, uh, I would be lying if I didn't think that I was, or if I didn't say that I was surprised to see you guys uh, say, yeah, no, we're, we're pretty good on that circumstance. Um, Brian Callahan talking about a variety of different topics, talking about the offense, talking about Will Levis. I think that to understand who they might keep, you have to listen to some of these clips from the head coach's press conference when he spoke last Thursday, almost a week ago tomorrow. I think the, the biggest the biggest thing that, that we want to do to start is, is put the players we have in great position. Um, let them be able to find their roles, uh, define what those roles are for them, uh, and put them in, in the matchups that, they, that we feel are to our advantage. Um, that's a very broad, general uh, offensive philosophy, but um, that's sort of the starting point. Uh, we want to be great detail in the passing game. Uh, route definition, route spacing. Uh, want to be able to complete balls at a high percentage. Uh, that's that's always going to be the goal. Um, the run game, we still want to be physical. Uh, don't don't get that uh, don't get that part twisted. That's been part of the Titans' identity for a long time, and it will continue to be. Uh, we'll be a physical football team, uh, and we'll be able to, to to run the ball the way we need to to win football games. Um, but that's probably the best way I could say it without going too far in the weeds. 
So that's Brian Callahan speaking last week about what this offense is going to be and saying, no, no, make no mistake about it. Just because it's going to be different doesn't mean that it's not going to be physical. Doesn't mean that we're not going to run the football here uh, the way that he has described. Uh, Eric says he sounds like Kermit the Frog. Now, Mahomes sounds like Kermit the Frog. Brian Callahan sounds less froggy. Less Kermity or less froggy? I'm not sure. Either way, he doesn't sound he doesn't sound as Kermit as Mahomes does. Um, Henry put uh, put over or had over a thousand yards. I think Joey D'Amico says uh, Henry had over a thousand yards with a horrible offensive line. Imagine if we had another productive receiver, def- decent offensive line, and Spears to complement him. Yeah, but like, imagine you don't have that. Right, you don't have any of that. You don't have another productive wide receiver. You don't have a def- decent offensive line, and you do still have Spears, but um, that's all the same. Now, in theory, would it be wonderful if you could fix all of those things the way that you were supposed to fix all of those things last year, or fix some of those things last year? Yes, but you're you're saying imagine for a reason because it's a fairy tale. It's a hypothetical. It's like that that dude from the. Uh, the dude from the Twilight Zone, where there's that uh, compilation of him saying all uh, over and over and over again, it's a myth, it's a lie. No, we made this one up, right? No, you don't have any of those things. That's why you're imagining what it would be like to have them. Even if you spend top draft capital on a couple offensive linemen this year, that doesn't mean that they're going to be good in their rookie seasons. Rookie offensive linemen are typically pretty bad. So, yes, Derek can make chicken uh, salad out of chicken shit again if he has to. But personally, I don't want to have to watch him have to, right? I want to watch Derek Henry win. I want to watch Derek Henry succeed. I don't think that's going to be as possible here as it would be in a lot of other places. Uh, Stephen King says, Buck's saying we're going to tank. No, I'm just saying that you're football like again hiring a head coach hiring an offensive coordinator finding a defensive coordinator none of it fixes the root of your issue the root of your issue is the roster uh go get tyron smith says eric alonzo why would you want tyron smith if you want offensive linemen who are available tyron smith is old tyron smith has had injury problems tyron smith has had a hall of fame career elsewhere and you're going to pay him to come be a shell of himself here no don't do that don't pay free agent offensive linemen like that pay depth guys if you want to, that's uh, that's what it is. Uh, Matt Stanley says, Buck, you teased the story about Vrabel last night. I didn't get to watch the radio show. What was the story news? Well, we didn't get to it on the radio show today because of this uh, uh, NCAA uh, state of Tennessee, state of Virginia lawsuit. So uh, maybe we'll get to it on the radio show tomorrow, but we don't have time for it on primetime today. Um, I, I think that uh, I think that when you look at a lot of this stuff, yes, better than anybody on the line right now. Again, Eric, don't. Don't do that, right? Because you would have said this past offseason. I'm sure you did. Well, anybody that they can get is going to be better than Dennis Daly. And then you paid three years, $29 million to a dude that was worse. It's not anybody can be better than anybody on the line right now. That might be so. And it's also stupid. It's also incredibly dumb. It can always get worse. And the thing, the thing that you can do to make sure that it gets worse is dump a bunch of money into something that you know is not going to work. They're not going to sign Tyron Smith here. I'll tell you that right now. They're not going to, if they sign Tyron Smith here, it will be a worse deal to me than the Andre Dillard deal. Not because Tyron Smith is a worse player, but because they've dumped valuable resources in again at a position that they need to resolve organically. You can't 
keep trying to patchwork your offensive line together, especially not the left tackle, especially not when you have this kind of draft capital or this high in the draft order. It's nonsense. You need you need to let go of that. And it's not just anybody that they can get will be better. You did that again this past offseason. And I told you, and we knew in training camp that your offensive line was ass. We 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 told you that the that the offensive line was ass after we went through a whole season where you guys told me it couldn't possibly get worse. I said, I don't think guys, just because the names are different doesn't mean that it can't get that it can't get uh worse. It's uh it's a lot it's a lot of money that you need to spend all over the place. And the place that you need to spend that money least is in free agent offensive linemen cast-offs for other teams because they're no longer worth paying anymore. That's not how this should go. Um, there are plenty uh, of competent free agents that have signed with team as offensive linemen have been fine. Not everyone's dealer. That's true, but they're not good. <laughs> if you want good offensive linemen, you don't find them in free agency. Mike McGlinchey is not a good player, right? He's a fine player. He's a middling player. He's a he's a star, a replacement level starting right tackle, and he got top dollar on the market this year. Orlando Brown is not a great left tackle. Uh, he's not even a good left tackle based on his numbers coming out of Cincinnati. That was a huge free agent free agency signing deal, and it was not worth the money. Was not worth the money. Kansas City let him walk for a reason. They found a better solution. Donovan Smith for much less money, is a better solution than paying Orlando Brown top of market. So, yes, you can find manageable, like, stopgap stuff, and you should find depth offensive linemen in free agency. Chris Hubbard's a good signing. Chris Hubbard costs you veteran minimum, okay? I would rather you go about that behind the guys that you're drafting to start here and figure that out beyond that. You're not going to be able to fix the entire offensive line. You're going to have to get some kind of replacement level free agent starter to come here and play for this team, whether that's at center, whether that's at guard, whether that's at, uh, I mean, you would hope it'd be right tackle before it'd be left tackle because, you know, frankly, NPF is not worth a damn. Raiden's is, I mean, I don't know. I could take him or leave him. I'd rather see him play guard than I see him play tackle. And, and you know, maybe maybe a new coaching staff will will give him a, a fresh start. But I think that, uh, I think that a lot of this stuff, I would... You, you're gonna you're gonna have some level of free agency participation on your offensive line. You would like to minimize that, right? You would like to make that as minimal as humanly possible and try and do as much of of what like Detroit did or what you did in years past, which is build this offensive line organically. Draft Taylor Lewan, draft Jack Conklin, then you patch it together with a Ben Jones and free agency. Uh, Quentin Spain was a draft pick here, right? Uh, was Quentin Spain a draft pick here? I think. I think Quentin, I want to say Quentin Spain was a draft pick here. I can't remember off the top of my head. I know that, uh, oh my God, what was that human lump of clay that they got from Josh Klein, who wasn't very good, but at least took up space and had a good season, one good season. But again, you dra- Nate Davis, you draft these guys organically if you can't. Spain was a UDFA? Yeah, I guess he wasn't a draft pick. Was he, was he a UDFA here? Man, I'm I'm having trouble remembering uh, Quentin Spain's career trajectory, even though he was a starter here for a couple of years. Chance Warmack is a, a, a top ten draft pick, which is of course a disaster. Yeah, you have to get him right. You have to get him right. <laughs> if if you waste more capital on guys like Chance Warmack, uh, that is uh, that is going to go the way that it typically does. So Spain was a UDFA, huh? Hmm. I uh, 
But was it was it here though? Maybe maybe that's what I meant. So he was a UDFA here. Okay, that's why I'm confused because he wasn't he wasn't drafted here. But I was I was almost certain that he started his career here. It's been a little while since I've had to remember the bio of uh, of Quentin Spain. Anyway, who would I like to see them keep? I mean, for football purposes, Autry makes the most sense. And I would I would make a you guys would drag me for it, but I could make an argument for Christian Fulton. Um, I would make the argument for Christian Fulton over Sean Murphy Bunting. I think that a new coaching staff uh, that doesn't, you know, seem to have some kind of vendetta against him and and make him play worse as a result. I think that had a huge impact on things. Um, I think if you're gonna if you're going to be as critical of Rabel as you are, then you have to be willing to look at the people or some of the people that Rabel's that Vrabel's impact was felt neg- negatively on. I think that Christian Fulton uh, is one of those dudes. I think that with a different strength and conditioning program, that Christian Fulton is still the most talented corner that they would have on their roster because Murphy, uh, what, uh, not Murphy Bunting. I, I'm, I'm good on the Murphy Bunting experience. I did not think that that was, I thought he underachieved here, uh, even though he did do well to play through injuries and stuff like that. McCreary is McCreary is is good. He's good enough. He's good enough to be a starting corner. He's good enough to be a starting slot quarter. But Christian Fulton has talent there, and I know I would be I would be fine with bringing Christian Fulton back on a one year SMB deal. I I think that you can I think that you can salvage that. Square up incorrectly says McCreary is more talented than Fulton. No, that's absolutely not true. McCreary is the better player. McCreary is the more consistent player. Don't mistake consistency for talent. Christian Fulton is clearly and obviously more talent. Christian Fulton didn't have the draft knock of of tiny little T-Rex arms the way that McCreary did. Christian Fulton is a bigger, faster, stronger player at the corner position. He is the more talented player. What you are saying is that that McCreary is the more consistent player. On that point, you would be right, but he is not a more talented prospect or player than Christian Fulton is or was. Um, So... The availability is the biggest thing with Christian Fulton. I don't know that a new coaching staff, a new strength and conditioning program, a new, a fresh start would be able to outright resolve that. Um, but I, I think he's worth, I think he's worth exploring because you're not going to be able to completely rebuild your secondary, completely rebuild your offensive line, completely rebuild your wide receiver core all in one off season. Um, I think that, uh, I think that you can, I think that you can piece some of this stuff back together and, Fulton feels like Fulton feels like you may not want to give up on him just yet, even though it would be pretty easy for you to do optically. No way, says that one. Uh, is that one Indian bacha? Is that how I say it? <laughs> Fulton garbage. I uh, I I get it. He had a bad year. I think you're, if you're gonna if you're gonna be a, uh, somebody who's out on Mike Vrabel, then you have to realize some of the players that Mike Vrabel had a negative impact on. And uh, Fulton's experience to me sounded very, very similar to Adoree Jackson, who went on to get paid by the New York Giants to play good football for the New York Giants. I know they haven't won anything in New York, but still, like, uh, I don't think that you need to completely discount Fulton and how his experience here under Mike Vrabel was was impacted. I think that's what it is. Um, Timothy Howe says McCreary solid, bro. It's, uh, it comes to D in total. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's solid. That's, that's what I'm saying. I'm, I'm not, I'm, I'm not making the argument for Roger McCreary being anything but solid is my point. I think Roger is a solid player. I think he's a fine starting player. Um, I think he's a consistent player. I think he's an available player, right? All that makes Roger good, but, uh, talent wise Fulton's got more. Um, 
And I think that you can still find ways to, I think that you can still find ways to, to get that out of him in some form or fashion. So we'll see, we'll see what, we'll, what, what, what his market looks like. I just wouldn't rule him out. I, I wouldn't rule out him returning is what I would say. All right. Uh, resign SMB. He had a great season. He did not have a great season. Brought my, my brother in, in, uh, uh, I, I'm going to, I don't know what your religious de- denomination is and I'm not particularly religious m- myself. So perhaps I won't invoke one, but, uh, <laughs> SMB did not have a great season. SMB was, uh, hurt. SMB gave up huge plays that decided games with some of these one score games, whether it's, what is it? 52 yards to, uh, Oh, I'm blanking on the Colts wide receiver name. Um, it's not Pittman. It's the other one. Is it 14? Alec Pierce. Uh, whether it is uh, deep completions at the end of the game against, they had a couple of moments where SMB just got, uh, just let dudes go over the top of him uh, late in late game situations. And some of this could be the fact that the the level of technique, the defense that they were operating in, maybe they didn't have SMB in, in the best position to succeed. But you you can't. You can't sit there and tell me that SMB had a great season. Um, SMB, you know, none of them had a great season. They were six and 10 or six and 11. They, they all, they all had a bad season. Uh, even Derrick Henry, even though Derrick Henry put some stuff together and made it happen. Derrick Henry did not have a good season. Derrick Henry finished the season on a high note, but, uh, there was nothing, there was nothing that I would describe. Um, I would not say that SMB did anything overwhelmingly great here. Anyway, let's not get bogged down. Rising and falling. Whose stock rose? Whose stock fell this week in sports? We'll talk about it together right after I remind you that the primetime show. No, Malcolm Butler is not off IR right now. In fact, I don't I don't know what Malcolm's doing. I would love to talk to Malcolm. It's been a long time. Um, not about IR, about other things. But anyway, whose stock rose? Whose stock fell this week in sports? We'll talk about it together right after I remind you that the primetime show is made possible by TrueMath Fitness in the Gulch. Go to TrueMathFitness.com. Your first workout is free. As a Middle Tennessee resident, no workout ever recycled or repeated with the best coaching staff out there. A new way to work out for the best version of you. Go to TrueMathFitness.com and get that first workout free. Uh, Stock up. Uh, Mike McDonald, the former Ravens defensive coordinator, who today was announced as the next Seattle Seahawks head coach. The Seattle Seahawks are set to hire their new head coach. It is Mike McDonald, the former now Baltimore Ravens defensive coordinator, described to me as Sean McVay for defense. This is a bright young coach, really one of the more dynamic candidates in this entire search, just in his mid-30s. So they go from the oldest head coach in the NFL, Pete Carroll, to the youngest with Mike McDonald. I talked to several teams who are doing coaching searches this year. They believe that McDonald was the most dynamic interview. Yes, he is young, but certainly he has experience. Defensive coordinator on the college level at Michigan. Two years having one of the best defense, one of the most creative defenses in the NFL with the Baltimore Ravens. Seattle brought him out for a second interview. That was today, but the reality was it wasn't an interview. It was more of a coronation. In fact, they liked him so much, had Baltimore made the Super Bowl, they would have waited two extra weeks just to interview him. This was their guy all along. The Seattle Seahawks have now agreed to terms with Mike McDonald, their new head coach. A historically great defense this season from Baltimore. Seattle clearly getting a gem in. Then there was one. What do I need to know about the commander's search? That's right. The NFL's only head coach opening left. The Washington Commanders 
still going through the process as, as candidates come off the board, either being hired by other teams or pulling back like Bobby Slowick, opting to stay with the Houston Texans. A couple of names to watch here, still very much in the mix. Dan Quinn, the Dallas Cowboys defensive coordinator, had a couple really strong interviews with the commanders. Certainly, that is a name to watch as well. Aaron Glenn, noted for his leadership, the Detroit Lions defensive coordinator, certainly still in the mix there. That is another one. And then Anthony Weaver, the defensive line coach and associate head coach for the Baltimore Ravens. That is another one. So those are three key candidates that the Washington commanders are still mulling over. You do get the feeling that a decision, at least on finalists, we'll see if they go to straight to a winner, but at least on finalists is coming soon. The reality is, though, there is no rush. They are the only team left yet to hire a head coach. Um, a lot of people asking about uh, Washington. That's Ian Rappaport, by the way, of the NFL Network, talking about Mike McDonald. Stock up for Mike McDonald. Stock down the Ravens. Uh, the Ravens, who choked, uh, I mean, just in a huge spot in the AFC Championship game. We, Greg Cosell and I talked about their game plan today. And Greg is Greg is not somebody who's going to second-guess coaching decisions like that, the way that a lot of us, you know, hotheads uh, on talk radio or, or sports talk television will. But we talked about the game plan that Baltimore went in that into that with uh, offensively. The fact that Gus Edwards only had three carries. The fact that Lamar Jackson does not have uh, really the designed runs uh, involved in that game plan. I suppose that they saw something in the Chiefs defense that they were trying to account for that that led to them, you know, dropping back on 82% of their offensive snaps, which is wild to me. But um stock down Baltimore because now their staff is about to get pillaged. Their uh contract situation is gonna be an interesting thing to watch as they they put together the best team that Lamar's ever had. Um, and they fell short uh against Patrick Mahomes again it's tough Brian Malone says is Burt recovering he's doing something behind the scenes there you can't see him but I can uh he is he is physically alive I don't know if he's well but he's physically alive we see him at this point uh no don't spray any perfume on my screen here Burt terrible by you perfume whatever samples it's (laughs) it's, oh so stupid all right um I think that uh I think that stock uh, stock up University of Tennessee as well. Dondi Plowman, the chancellor there, uh, out here trying to single-handedly take down the NCAA, which I respect. Uh, and she may have a pretty good case. If you listen to the radio show today, you heard our attorney, Dan Lust, the sports entertainment lawyer, explain all the different reasons that the state of Tennessee is going to have success in their lawsuit filed against the NCAA with in conjunction with the state of Virginia today. So uh, a pretty interesting story that we've been talking about uh, all day long. Radio show tomorrow going to be a lot of fun. Hope you'll hang out with us from 10 to 1 on 104.5 The Zone for the first day of February. We'll look forward to that. One more primetime show tomorrow night. We will probably do the 615 Sessions podcast tomorrow as well. I texted John Glennon. John Glennon has yet to text me back, but we will keep you updated with that. There will be a podcast in your feed, whether it's tomorrow or Friday. Have a great rest of your evening. See you tomorrow at 10 a.m. on 104.5 The Zone. This is our cult, this is our team, we bleed blue. This is our cult, whether win or lose, we love them. For the shoe, beat the titans, let the world hear us now. This is our team, go cult.